tad more brightness. Action smoke. Action helicopter. Oh, guys, guys, we don't need all this. This is just a conversation. Cut, cut, cut. Oh, welcome to another edition of Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed. No matter where you're listening from, we invite you to just get comfy and enjoy the next few minutes as we bring you new perspectives and maybe even some fun and laughter. No drama here, though. Just good conversation. Now, here she is, the woman who Alexa and Siri wish they could sound like. It's the lovely and gracious Donna Reed. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for tuning in again to Spotlight Conversations, where I talk to people in music and media. One week could be music, another week could be media, could be voiceovers, could be film, could be TV, could be radio, could be audiobooks, just whatever the mood hits, and if I find a good story. Follow me on Instagram at Spotlight Conversations and at Donna Reed VO. I am in Canada today with someone who is very knowledgeable about the incredible world of podcasting, Matt Kundal. We could almost say he's... The guru of podcasting. Can I use the word guru? Sure. As long as anybody doesn't call me on it, I think I'll be safe. (laughs) But you know all. I mean, you have all the answers about podcasting. I sometimes think I have a take. Yeah. And I'll I'll mention something I believe. And then I actually started to give advice to to a friend who's also a voiceover, by the way, who just started a podcast. Uh And I thought, that's my opinion but I would prefer you didn't listen to it so you could try it and prove me wrong. I like that. It's very insightful. Um, We talked about maybe over a year ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. 18 months. I think it was a little, it was more like 18 months ago, maybe. So much has changed in the podcasting world. And and today's show, we're going to talk about the future of podcasting, AI looming its head above and around us she said. And your three podcasts, which I knew there was one, the Sound Off podcast, that's how we know you by. What are the other two? The other one that is sort of kitschy and fun that is really the podcast not about broadcast or podcast. It's called You May Also Like. And it's really where I go to just sort of talk or unpack something that has nothing to do with work. And the other one? It's called the Podcast Super Friends. Get together with four other podcast people who produce podcasts for people and we talk for an hour and we must have at least uh, two dozen people who listen to us every month. So your podcast, you have three all together and your company, the Sound Off Media Company, helps podcasters with branding and marketing and so on, right? Yeah, we start out by doing you know, we want to do a podcast, we, we get past all the mistakes early, we, we sort of fast track you to launch. And then we make a commitment that goes for at least three years in order to build your brand, because that's how long it takes to build an audience. Do you sleep? Because I'm thinking that's a lot on your plate. Just one podcast is a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky, actually, that because I work from home and can set my hours, it doesn't bug me that I woke up at 5am this morning, I'll just start my work day early. And if <laughs> I get tired later. I'll just knock off a few minutes earlier. It's nice being an empty nester. It is. I'm with you. I'm in the same boat. So I I get it. But you have a group of people helping you launch all these as well. I mean, it's not just, I mean, it's you, but you have a support team too. Yeah, there's, there's four people here. All right. And, And so 
one person who actually worked with back in radio. His name's Evan Serminski. He still works uh, for Chorus Radio, mm-hmm. but he will produce podcast episodes for me. And he, I hired him in 2009 to do radio imaging and couldn't let him go. And once I realized I had no idea what I was doing when I wanted to produce my own <laughs> podcast, I said, Evan, I'll pay you Please. to do this podcast. And, <laughs> and you know, we, we, we think we've landed on what is nearly the gold standard for sound for for podcasts yes okay in, in order to make it so that it sounds great in people's ears and I, I think that's really one of the most important hurdles to get past is how does it sound if there's too much echo in the room okay if there's you know binging banging bonging phones ringing uh-huh. we try we try to get rid of all that as much as possible and to create the most wonderful listening experience and you have a radio background so for someone who's joining in that didn't hear our first podcast I know you're program director from a while ago, way back when, way back when, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really done much. I didn't, I stopped being a radio program director in 2014, but essentially what I did was I replaced that job by becoming the program director of your podcast. Oh, that's, yeah. and it's a transition. Podcasting is sort of picking up where radio has left off. Has dropped off. I dropped would probably off more. say radio is wonderful it's it is it's so awesome because it's now and it's immediate and and intimate and it's fun Mm -hmm. and a shared experience and podcasting's on demand and it's it's there there's no urgency for it which i think takes away from some of the draw that radio has right but podcasting is really the ultimate intimacy and do you feel like because podcasting is so popular right now it's because so many displaced radio people both here and in Canada are finding a new way to reach people is is it becoming easier to talk to people because they can no longer do it at the radio station but your market share is different definitely i think we get hung up on the measuring stick and the numbers mm-hmm. oh i had a 50,000 quarter hour average mm-hmm. working for a big radio station in big city and now i only have 150 people and i say well those are two different ways to measure numbers and it's done differently but 150 is not bad. In fact, if you get 150 downloads, you've beaten half the podcasts that are out there. And plus, if I gave you the opportunity to talk to 150 people every Friday at the local Lions Club or the Legion or, you know, at a, at a chamber of commerce, you'd go. Right. And these people have chosen to listen to you. And if you have 150 people and you get them their attention for, you know, a few minutes every week, that's a good thing. See, a lot of people don't realize that. I think that if they come from a radio background or even not, they're on a podcast, they're going to have millions of people listening that first time you upload. It's just, we all think that. I don't know if you thought that. Oh, we all start with zero. Everybody. Yeah, but you think think that it's going to be millions out there listening. It takes a while. I think you said earlier, at least a good couple of years to build an audience. I think a lot of people think that if they just put it up and don't market it, they're going to get something respectable, mm-hmm. and you won't. You're going to get nine. <laughs> nine is probably the number you know of people in your family, a few bots maybe who somebody tripped over it, somebody oh, downloaded right. the wrong thing. Nine <laughs> is what you're going to get. Um, since we talked, there's been so many changes in podcasting, and I, I know um, since we talked last during the podcast, but we did – uh, exchange a, um, a text message about video and audio, video versus audio in podcasting. So do you think that's the new way in order for one to become successful in podcasting as it is right now? Is video the way to go? And is that the biggest change in podcasting? Yeah, definitely the biggest change. 
but no, you do not need video to become successful Ooh. at podcasting. And I think it's very slippery slope that has been created here by YouTube. <laughs> so if we unpack it a little bit, we have a lot of people who went to YouTube would discover their favorite podcast or, or they'd find a show and it, maybe they'd call it a podcast. Right. This is very user-driven. People say, oh, this is my favorite podcast. Well, it, it could be that it wasn't on Apple or Spotify, but people were calling it a podcast. And I think a lot of people – I had somebody – you're not going to believe this, by the way. And for our, you know, the audio portion of the audience who can't see me, I have no hair. I'm very bald. But it's I actually, beautiful. Thank you. I you're shined welcome. it up today. But I hey, did, I could be too. They don't know. So we're going to both be. <laughs> There's a barber. And I, he says he listens to Dak Shepard. And I said, well, wh what do you listen to that on? Spotify or Apple? And he says YouTube. I go, well, why would you listen to it on YouTube? when you can listen to it and, and you know, cut hair or do other things or he goes, <laughs> he goes, I don't know. But that's really what that generation is about and what a lot of people are about. They're sitting on YouTube, especially men, and they are typing in things to search, typing in things they're interested in and podcasts are popping up and they will go and move themselves over to Apple, Spotify, maybe if, if it calls for it. But when you ask people, where did you discover this podcast how did you find it they'll say oh i found it on youtube and that's really where i think as a podcaster you need to say to yourself what is my video strategy am i available on youtube mm -hmm. and it turns out that you know there's a lot of people who are not 25 percent of you know podcasters surveyed said yeah i'm not on youtube as of yet or i have no video strategy so you want to think about it and how you're going to incorporate it now i'm going to be a little technical and bore people and just say that the Google app is going away. So as of yeah. September 2024, that app is going to disappear. And it's kind of heartbreaking because mm. that's that represents 3.5% of users, largely mm -hmm. people who don't have an Apple phone, a lot of mm -hmm. Android users in there. And it will be replaced by the YouTube music app. And your podcast, wow. once you put it up there, now remember, this is not going to be a tied to the RSS feed the way mm -hmm. Apple and Spotify draw it. And so what that means is it's going to take your YouTube playlist slash podcast that you made and it will put everything up there. You can't have your programmatic ads if you're putting them up there. It's oh, kind of separating yeah, podcasters yeah. from their you know, ads if they have them. And it's a little sticky. So my advice, use YouTube for marketing to promote your show, but you don't necessarily have to put the whole show up there. And you should definitely, definitely not tell people to go to YouTube to listen to your show. You can actually, you can tell them that it's there on YouTube. Mm -hmm, I say, mm -hmm. listen, for a video experience, you can go and watch me mm -hmm. have this conversation. I'm not going to edit it, but I create audio podcasts for people's ears, which is a different experience. So and if you, if YouTube is going to go away, will somebody come in and take their place? You mean Google going or away? Or Google, I'm sorry. If Google goes away, will somebody come in and step up? Yeah, YouTube, they're replacing it with their own YouTube app. They're just, they're shifting it over. And that, that really comes down to, well, why would they do that? And it's really to separate podcasters from their programmatic ads right. that are, that are in there. Any so other I, changes besides the, um, the audio video question in podcasting just in the past couple of years? I think it's, I mean, this is actually the last couple of weeks where we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's true. I mean, true. YouTube is now giving you the opportunity to, you know, Put your RSS feed in here. We'll create a bunch of videos for you, and now your podcast is going to reside. I mean, you're literally giving your content to them to become searchable and 
possibly to be monetized by them. It's it's odd. I mean, it's, it, there's yeah. a trade off. There's a trade off to it. You're now discoverable and can be found, but at the same time, you're separating your audience from maybe some programmatic messaging that you want to put in there. Um, and as well, it's uh, if you updated the if you update. Um, that's actually not true. If you do update the feed, it will. They'll they'll mm-hmm. create a new video for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's um it's a different experience. That's for sure. Yeah, it's changing so much, and it's there are so many podcasts every week coming out. What is in your estimation? How many a week or a month? However you want to. Actively, there's about three hundred and eighty five thousand podcasts that are active that have uploaded a brand new episode wow. within the last thirty <laughs> days. So. You know, a lot of people say, oh, four, four and a half million podcasts. There's too many. Right. We've reached peak podcasting and saturation. Right. But nobody says that about books. I Donna, know. D- Donna, you have to stop reading because there's too many books. I know. You, I, can't, you I... can't write your own book because there's too many books. Oh, I'm thinking about one for about radio, but yeah. that's a different podcast. <laughs> I'd buy that book. I bet you would. <laughs> uh, earlier, you talked about the three podcasts that you have. Um, in, in every podcast, or if you're speaking with someone who has experience in doing a podcast, they'll tell you focus on one thing because you'll get better results from that. Is that the reason why you sort of decided to go off in three different directions? Well, they're each individual. I mean, explain that a little bit. Yeah. So one of the podcasts that I mentioned, that's a little kitschy called you may also like it. Uh It, it's done what most, what happens with most podcasts that suffer problems hits episode number 17 and kind of stalls <laughs> and i warn people about this all the time that here i am at episode 17 and the show has kind of stalled for the last couple months okay it i don't I'm not sure what it is about episode 17 but we kind of kind of have to reevaluate and take a break and look around the the original podcast about broadcast the sound off podcast which you know has thousands of downloads every week mm-hmm. i actually added in I changed it to the show about podcast and broadcast because so many ah. people and you know really you know the two the two are really coming together and the people the bit players in the in, in the industry were really coming together as well so okay. it became it's more of an audio experience show and Good. the other one is you know the, the podcast super friends it doesn't get any more deep than people talking about should we be using this microphone why is the blue yeti the worst microphone on the planet and and why do <laughs> they keep making them why do people keep buying them why do people record their podcast using Zoom? What's a great solution for you know noise in the room? What is a, a good transcription tool? Right. And right. and really and also the most latest episode we did is is a massive sixty minute unpacking of what you and I just talked about with the implementation. How do we put YouTube mm-hmm. into uh, our our podcast practices? And do we need to at all? When you started podcasting, did it? grab you and you were just in love with it even more so than radio because i know you have a big radio background and a lot of time in it but was there something about podcasting you were like yeah that came later the first couple times i started to do a podcast i thought this is going to get me back into radio did you (laughs) i did yeah and so um this was stolen from a radio station uh, along the way they threw it in the garbage so if i if it's in their garbage and I take it, then it counts as mine. And this, what is this? Can we describe this is, it in an audio sense? Yeah, it, it's the innkeeper PBX, which is <laughs> which is what you know radio stations would use in a studio to oh. you know to pull up a, a you know a phone line, and then you could have the you know the sound going down you know 
so that everybody could hear. I've got a. Oh, okay. So, you know, so that familiar sound of the phone. Yes. So we can, I just, I wanted to have that so that people could call into my studio so I could record them so <laughs> I could replicate the sound of the radio. More radio, than, more than it's just a part of us. I mean, if you've yeah. done any time in radio, it just kind of comes out everywhere. I mean, I even have to be careful of the level of my voice because you know, do you ever get accused of you're talking too loud? Uh, n- yes, all the time. I, well, that I'm talking too much generally. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. That. The, you know, the first four episodes didn't sound all that great. And that's when I called Evan up and I said, you know, can can we make this sound like the radio when I listen back to it in the car? Yeah, yeah. You know, and they said, well, you need to put some compression on. And so I started to learn a little bit about audio. Production, yeah. But the oh wow moment came a few months later. Actually, a few weeks later, I went to Chicago to Podcast Movement and saw an entire industry of people who were recording with microphones and doing things and telling stories. And I thought, you know, I really don't know what's going on around here, but it's like pond hockey. I'm good enough to skate with the stick on my puck. Nobody will take that from me. And when I find the goal, I'll take a shot on net Absolutely. and see what happens. Absolutely. You know, the, the next year after I went to Podcast Movement in Anaheim, and there was a session, how podcasting can become your full-time gig. And I said, well, I'll, I'll attend just for laughs. Mm-hmm. And within a year, it, podcasting did become my full-time gig in a sense. It, it did morph that way in the next year or two. But talking about the SoundOff Media Company for a minute, you mentioned things like um, audio quality is something to consider, a big part of how successful your podcast will be, one's podcast will be. How about content? I mean, do you do you ever listen to a lot of podcasts out there and think there's quite a few of them that have good content or not? Oh, yeah, it depends how interesting we think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know unless you try. Most of the stuff has never been recorded or spoken about. Oh, in, is it? Really? In, in, such, in such depth. I mean, at least when, when, when it was, you know, when the market began to get flooded with this stuff, 2016, 2017, in the right. post-serial era. Mm-hmm. You could go in and talk about a subject matter and be the first of your niche. Today, you don't have that luxury anymore. No, so no. we're finding people niching down even further into, you know, what story can you tell that nobody else can talk about? Are people doing that? They're finding that information. I don't know. that they're Well, that's discoverability. Yeah. And, yeah. and so there's no discoverability problem in podcasting. Okay. But your show might have a discoverability problem. Yeah, right. Because nobody is like, well, we're going to study like butterfly wings and, you know, why they come out at night. I don't know. That was just off the top of my head. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a podcast about that. Right. But how would yeah. it take off? I mean, can you find a niche market of people that are like um, insect people or butterfly folks? Absolutely. Yeah. I, right. I do, what I do think is that people exaggerate the expectations of what is available in, in there. Mm-hmm. So. This was more geared towards YouTube, which, again, is a different animal than podcasts. But, you know, there were a couple of guys who were giving financial advice and they only had, you know, 100 subscribers on their YouTube channel, but wanted to know why the dog in the house had had 1500 or 15,000 or something. And I said, because people want to look at the dog and they don't want to pay attention to their finances. But you do do have 100 people who do. So work on those people. And, you know, there's a lot of uncomfortable subjects that, that people just, you know, aren't interested in in exploring. But there are people who do. And so yeah, you have to really imagine imagine it this way. If I want to have a convention tomorrow 
about basket weaving because I'm a basket weaving expert. How many people are going to come to that? Hundred, couple hundred. Maybe. Well, yeah, but maybe that's the expectation of of where your show should be. And there's a lot of value. The riches are in the niches with podcasting, mm. because if I all of a sudden want to sell the parts for to basket weavers. I want to. I, I know where I can find everybody. They're all listening to this podcast, and I know I can reach 200 people who are really, really keen on basket weaving. And so, why would I buy an ad at my local radio station in hopes of defining anybody who likes anything to do with basket weaving? <laughs> I will go right to the podcaster because I know it's not about a mass audience; it's about the right audience. What is when you get a new podcaster coming to you um, and they want to perfect their podcast? What is the biggest mistake? I guess if I can clarify it the biggest mistake new podcasters make thinking it's easy yeah in fact we're at a point now where i i I gently suggest to people that if this is not going to be the number one or number two thing that you are doing it's probably not going to work for you really this is not okay this is not this is not something you can do anymore where it is another check mark on your marketing list did my facebook did my did my LinkedIn, I did my X, I did my Facebook, I did all that stuff. Oh, and I also did my podcast. That's it's not like that. Interesting. The, the, the podcast needs to be a living, breathing thing because so much work needs to go into it to promote it, to put it out there. It's like a radio and show. It is. It is. But that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. it's, it's a living, breathing piece of media. Hmm. That may not necessarily get consumed in your ears. Maybe it will be consumed by video. Maybe somebody will just want to read the transcript of it on on your website. And by the way, you should have a website. The website for your podcast is the centerpiece of your business. This is where Google and you connect and and where people can find you. And if you're out there promoting, go to Apple. They're going to go to Apple and they're going to say, oh, look, there's another, this other podcast. And they're going to get lost in that ecosystem. Uh-huh. And Spotify is going to hit you with the new single from the Rolling Stones or you know the latest from Rihanna or Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And so because their job, and especially YouTube, if you go to YouTube, it is over. <laughs> if you say, go listen to my show on YouTube, you're, you're probably not as searchable as something else else that has to do i don't even i it basket even if it's basket it's gonna, yeah oh for sure know, yeah you're, you're gonna get caught up in a in a whirlwind i mean this happens all the time now we go to facebook we can't remember why we went to facebook in the first place because we started watching cat videos <laughs> i thought that was just me and i so, love cat videos i love dog videos yeah. and i love baby videos i mean i'm just a quintessential mom i guess but you want to send people to your website. You own your website. And the best part is anybody who does go there, you'll be able to capture the Google Analytics and you'll be able to okay. sort of get a good idea of who's coming to check out your show. It's interesting when you say um, people can't be spreading themselves too thin or being a multitasker when you do a podcast. And it's almost like I'm remembering with radio and it doesn't matter what your shift was. Your job was doing that show, doing show prep. Um, production if needed. I know you don't do production. Well, you do production in podcasts too. So for somebody who's not in radio, is this a little bit more of a challenge or is it easier for radio people to do the transition of podcasting? So a little from column A and a little from column B. Yeah. yeah. Radio people have the luxury of knowing how to work behind a microphone. They come mm-hmm. with all the techniques. They may not understand in their mind that the content is on demand. So you know, they might work in time, temperature, weather, just out of habit. So, <laughs> so there is a massive yeah. unlearning that they need to do 
in, in order to get involved. And the good thing for anybody who does not come from radio is that their, their eyes are open and mm. they don't need to unlearn anything, which is, which is quite nice. Well, yeah, it's hard to get rid of some of those old ways of doing things, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. I, I see yeah. radio people all the time. They come in fresh with all their mistakes. And yeah. they're not recognizing and understanding the differences between the two. Podcasting has more in common with blogs and magazines than radio. Oh, that was going to be my next question. I was I was going to say what would be equal to it. And, you know, now that I'm thinking of the podcasts I listen to, they're sort of like the magazine article I'd pick up, the book I'd pick up. Yeah, um, and ever, evergreen, just like when you go to a doctor's office. Yeah. The, the podcast episode's going to sit there. What's the smartest move a new podcaster can do? Hire me. I figure, I, and I just mentioned that because there, there's 11 things that I think you need to do yeah, let's in go order over to put those. a podcast. I, I, I don't have them off the top of my head. Well, I, there's actually, something on your website that said, um, you know, marketing, yeah. promotion, audio right. quality. So if you have 11, I, I say there's about 11 things you need to do to, you know, to kick your show out. My company takes care of eight of them. Obviously, you doing an interview, we can't do that for you. Mm -hmm. Um but I think when you look down and figure out what's my week going to be like or every two weeks, what's the cycle going to be when we put out a podcast? And so I want to create the show. I want the show to be produced. I want to write the show description. Then we have to put the episode out and then we have to tell people about it. Then you begin the sort of marketing cycle of how do we do that? Well, there's some social media stuff. Maybe you're going to send out a newsletter. I know mm -hmm. newsletters are very, very valuable because there's no algorithm to suppress you. You're speaking straight to the people who have committed to sign up for your newsletter. You want to post it to – you want to make sure it's up on your website. So there's there's a cycle in there. So wow. make sure that you can do it so it's manageable and it's not going to eat, eat away at too much of your time. At the same time, what can you do to be creative about it and – you know, I think that's where TikTok and YouTube Shorts is beginning to come in. Hmm. That I'm a little bit leery about. I, I see all the impressions that people get from that, but I don't see too many people leaving those places necessarily to go to your show. My ah. my advice is to try it, and you'll listen. Results may vary. Right, right. Resu they just totally do when it comes to huh, comes to podcasts. So go ahead and try, and then and then. You got to use your gut and you have to see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. AI and the future of podcasting. It's a good thing. It really is. is. You're the first person I've talked to that said, yeah, baby, it's good. Because everyone it is, is good. Mm, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It can so, be. It can so let's be change good. it a little bit. Let's not call it artificial intelligence. Let's call it assisted intelligence. Ah, all right. All right. So I'm already using tools right now that have AI components. So if you use the script, it recognizes my voice and I can change a word in the, in my podcast and it will change my voice automatically. That's something that helps me just for clarification. I actually don't use that tool because it's actually <laughs> quicker for me to go up to the microphone and just re-record it because I'm quick that way. Okay. But that's a tool that exists for podcasters to use and it's quite popular. And it's something radio people should also think about as well. If you're making content, Here's this is what AI is doing. They're actually, you know, capturing voices and recognizing who's saying what. I use transcription tools. So I, I use a transcription tool called otter.ai, um, which, by the way, is integrated into something like Riverside if you ever use that to mm -hmm. record your podcast. 
but the minute it recognizes my voice, it it knows how I pronounce things that I, oh, got a Canadian accent. You know, he said a boat. He really means about, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it understands these things and it understands my guests at, at some point as well, the more you keep activating it. So I look at AI as being quite helpful in, in this way. It really depends on how it, how it works for me. Here's where it is a bad thing. And again, it's not a bad thing because of AI. It's a bad thing because of how people use it. And people might use AI, for instance, to, hey, why don't you, why don't I use a tool that will rip me five or six reels and I can create reels and TikToks and I'm going to put them out there and use it for social media to promote my show. So it gives you these four or five videos. Well, how does it know what is compelling to your audience? Only you know that. Exactly. You should be cutting that yourself. And here's another thing, because I'm on a roll, Donna. I love it. No, we'll probably do this again because you're answering so many questions that are in my head. So good. Go ahead. I was a program director of big radio stations for years, and the morning shows were top-rated morning shows. And when we were done the show, we were lucky to get one good promotable quote a day that we would run for the rest of the day and say, can't wait for you to listen tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You're lucky to get one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the other stuff, well, we'll try the other stuff and maybe we get three over a week. So that's 20 hours of broadcasting and we would get three, maybe four good clips for the week. So what makes you think that your podcast is worthy of four TikToks and four reels? Mm -mm. I'm here to tell you it does not. You are cluttering the internet. You are wasting our time. You're wasting your time. And what you need to do is you need to sit down and think, what is the highlight of this episode that I've just recorded that is going to make people say, wow, and how am I going to present that to them? That's a challenge. Just work on doing one great one per episode, and and you may not have one, and that's okay. That may not be your fault, but what is the one thing that you can tell somebody? Because- they don't have time for four. You're just shotgunning stuff, and by shotgunning, you're just you're just you know spraying it with shot and hoping that something sticks. Yeah, that's yeah. not a strategy. Don't no. do that. I love this. This if is enlightening. Me, I just be care. I just gotta be careful here. I'm getting off the soapbox. I don't want to twist my ankle. <laughs> I'm talking with Matt Cundell, host of the Sound Off Podcast, a podcast. Well, it's about podcast and broadcast. And he also uh, runs the Sound Off Media Company. So if you need help with your podcast, and Matt knows his stuff, he can help you. What's the website, Matt? You can find us at soundoff.network. You can listen to some of the wonderful podcasts we have up there. And I'm always talking podcast at soundoffpodcast.com. Right, you're not, I'm not finished yet. That was just like a little benchmark because I got more things to ask you, just two more. I thought I was auditioning for a voiceover with that. <laughs> I can do that too. (laughs) Writing class radio. What is that? So that goes back to the trip to Chicago. The very very first time that I started to discover podcasting and I got on the elevator and uh, these two women who uh, were loud, um, they may have been hungover or I don't know if I want to ask too much yeah, more of this story, but go ahead. 830 in the morning. And they, they, anyway, they, they were like, you're cute. And I'm oh, like, Thanks. See, I told you that early. I said he's beautiful. It's like, yeah. you know, it's good. We, we spent the day together. And here we were. I was, I was just starting my podcast. They were a year in. But they had a podcast that had the word radio in it. 
And oh. I thought, I thought, here are two people who are not affected by radio. They're just telling their stories and they are actually having writing classes. And the people in the class are standing up, telling their stories, and they're putting it in a podcast form. And they were using the podcast to promote their writing classes. And I go, this is genius. Yeah. And I think it was about, you know, we, we had back and forth and conversation. About three years later, they said, we're, we're looking for a producer. Can you do this? And it was right at the time when I started to bring on board more podcasts. And this one is kind of the crown jewel of of what we we work with all the time. And they have evolved to an incredible point where, well, when the pandemic hit, they took a lot of it online to, you know, out of the classroom. They used to record in the classroom, and now they, they record a lot of it just using Squadcast or like we're doing here on uh, on Skype, having a conversation. Um, but people will read the stories in a remote setting as well. So now we've learned to produce it in a different way. But they also have Patreon offerings, which is a great way to monetize your show. Yeah. So for 25 bucks, you can come in and join the group on Zoom and write to a prompt and maybe even get to read your, your story. And, and so they have all these offerings. And I had the technical capabilities to really understand how to use dynamic audio insertion to if you went back and listened to an old episode from from two years ago, that you would get the latest offerings of when they were going to be holding classes, when they were going to have retreats when they were going to be able to, uh, when you were going to be able to, to join them online, things like that to really engage with the, with the audience. So we, we've really done a good job at, at, you know, making this thing go forward. They have a very consistent and loyal audience. And I'm amazed every week at, you know, the writing that comes out and how they talk about the writing. And it's, it's just a great, compelling listen. And you know what? It's, it's under a half hour. Well, you spoke earlier about AI as far as, you know, chat GPT and helping content and stuff. What about the voices, though? What about copying voices? It's a concern about AI. Yeah, massive. And, and so this is the bad side of it. I think I had a client at one point call me and say, you don't need to record any ads with me anymore because we have all your voice here and we can yeah. just use AI for it. They didn't understand that that's not appropriate. Right. and not legal. So I had to explain to them that you, you, you can't do that. So I think one of the lessons about AI is you should own it. So if you have a voice and you're worried about it being cloned, I would go get it cloned for yourself and keep it for yourself. And anybody who's interested in it, just say, I have the rights to this. You can't do that. Again, you just I just made it up, right? I just actually declared myself the owner of my <laughs> own voice. I'm and- declaring the owner of my own voice too, yeah. right here. There we go. Matt and Donna's show. We're doing it right there. We called it. I think that's really the lesson, especially in radio. And if radio is going to go off and venture into, you know, radio AI, which I noticed, I think they're backtracking from that. They are. Yeah, they're backtracking. Yeah. Futuri has backtracked a little bit of, in, in, you know, that AI field. And as well, you know, the person at Futuri, Daniel, has said, you've got to tell your audience about this. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be upfront with your audience to say, we're using an AI powered voice here to entertain you, you know, but it depends on what company there is. I actually wrote Rogers in Canada because this is kind of the person I am. I said, I said, are you disclosing to your audience that you're using this tool? And I got back obviously something from corporate communications that was very corporate speak that says we haven't decided and driven off that bridge yet. But they also didn't say whether or not they were using it. Yeah. So I think if you are a broadcaster, I think you have to tell people that you're using it. I think if you're talent, you really need to be forceful with your employer about the terms and conditions of the use of your voice 
as an AI product, meaning if they stop paying you, you better make sure that your voice disappears from that radio station the minute the checks stop coming. Exactly. And that would go for um, audiobooks too? Or is that a whole different discussion? Uh, well, I think, again, uh, you would own your AI. You would have that negotiation with the person who did it, and you're, you're going to license out the AI usage to them in some capacity. Crazy business. Our business has become, in a way, but can be good. Yeah, it, it really invo- it really is about getting ahead of where we think it's going and then yeah. being proactive. And again, it's like the client who called up and said, hey, we, we, we solved this problem for you. I said, well, I'd rather not get 50 bucks. I'd rather do this, the commercial at $500 mm-hmm. rather than $50. And you can stand firm on that. It, again, you run your own business and you make these determinations. I'll give an example. And that's, I think, in radio, talent made a big mistake starting in 2008, 9, 10, when they began to develop really nice Facebook followings uh, or Twitter followings. Mm-hmm. And then you would and it, when Instagram came along, you know, you'd find people were getting hired for those big followings and talent weren't charging the station for it. I'm showing up with this audience. You need to compensate me for it if you're going to ask me to post exactly on this. Exactly. That's worth something. Yep. And, you know, if, if you show up and it drives the diary or PPM ratings, that's mm-hmm. worth money. That's why they called you in the first place. But that social stuff. If they're asking you to hit something, you you need to show up and monetize. It's just digital rights. And it doesn't have to be a conversation where you get in a fight and and be fussy about it. You just have to say there's value here. I want to be compensated for it. Words of wisdom there. My last question. If you were not in radio, podcasting, any form of media, what would you be doing? I have no idea. None at all. You know, that's the kind of question that I think a lot of people, when they get let go from radio struggle to answer when they get to the therapist's office. I, I consider me kind of a therapist then. You know, I, I can see me doing Dr. Donna. I can hear that. Something financial was something where I thought I was headed. Yeah. I think I probably would have leaned into politics in some capacity. Really? Yeah, I had. I'm, yeah, I still lean into politics, you know, every once in a while just to have a take or you know, say something, but I have a, I've got a political science degree and a history degree. And that's, I believe where I was headed, but you know, the, the radio bug got me when I was 18. Oh, so that's it. But there's always something else. I still have dreams every night, three nights a week minimum where I'm in a radio station. And I I have to think about all those years that I was in radio stations alone, late at Uh night, uh evenings, uh mornings, (laughs) middays, so much of my time uh, surrounding creativity has been done inside those buildings. That... Little tiny room. Yeah. yeah, and obviously I'm obviously I'm being creative. It's kind of like those dreams where the dead air dreams, and there must be a reason why we get those. Yeah, that's a fear of preparation. Is it like that you're not, that you're not prepared, or something could go wrong? Doctor Matt. Well, you know, I, analyzing dreams is my thing too. I, I, we well, learn so much. You do. I yeah. use so that as a title show, of my next podcast. If you show up with your dreams, I'll, I'll analyze them for you. Part of the package at the Sound Off Media Company. I like it. Matt Condal, thank you so much for popping by. I really appreciate it. 
I love our conversations. Donna. I do too. You've been listening to Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts or your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in.